He identified with Don Quixote, an old man with dementia who thought he could save the world from an epidemic of incivility simply by acting like a knight. His religion was decency, and he spent a lifetime fighting its enemies. So this fight is just getting started, because he taught the rest of us to be crazy too. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and I'm joined in the studio today by Mike Volbe. I'm here. And returning, Matthew West. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy. We haven't had a howdy on the show, I don't think, ever. Mm. He's breaking new ground. Love it. Uh, Just a reminder to check out our Tumblr page if you'd like to stay involved in all the things that we do. We do post the show over there, including the audio, so you can actually listen right there. You can go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Tumblr, or you can go to thegeekgeneration.tumblr.com to get there and give us a follow we really appreciate that so i've been pretty busy in the kitchen over the holiday season you have been i have been very busy the the kitchen looks like a war zone right now with all the stuff i actually just went out and bought another five pounds of like milk chocolate because yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna keep cranking on this and i think you do a really good job thank you uh, I think I can make some extra cash maybe on the side mm-hmm. doing some chocolate sales. I'm going to be doing some test shipments, I think, to yeah. different parts of the country because, fortunately, I have some friends spread out here and there. Maybe I'll inquire with some listeners to do some test shipments to their area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I-, I am going to focus, I think, on geeky kind of chocolates. And I was experimenting. Uh, you guys saw pictures the other day that I posted on social media. Yeah. I bought some pre-colored white chocolate. Right. That is tinted blue. Mm-hmm. I did try adding more blue to it to make it a true TARDIS blue, and it didn't quite work. Uh, so that I'm going to have to research how to properly color chocolate and everything. You but almost need I, – I was thinking about that because you want it darker. What happens if you add just a hint of purple to it? Would that darken it too much? Well, the problem is that it's – when you when you're melting chocolate, it's a very consistency sensitive thing. If you oh. add too much liquid, it, the chocolate curdles mm-hmm. and it's unusable. So you have to be very careful. I think there's some gel colors that I can use instead of liquid colors that would uh-huh. do it better. But I had liquid colors on hand, so I figured I'd experiment with it. But the the color that I did end up using for the pictures you saw were, and I'll put them in the show notes too. People can check them out. The color blue is just the way it came. Yeah. So it's a little brighter than I wanted it to be, but. It's a good start, mm-hmm. and I think even having a blue TARDIS at all, I think, is more yeah, successful awesome. than some people. I can't people. imagine anyone would complain. I'm no. doing right. And uh, I did – this is a completely new filling that I've tried with this one, too, because it is white chocolate. Yeah. I had before done a dark chocolate TARDIS with the coconut cream filling, yeah. and that worked really well. But if I'm going to do a blue-white chocolate TARDIS, I was like, I can't put coconut in there because coconut and white chocolate is almost too similar. Uh-huh. So I tried making the uh, the chocolate fudge that you can see in the picture yeah. there and getting the consistency right on that. And I do need some assistance with this because I, I feel like I'm a good judge, but I'm not always the best judge. I love when he brings out food. So, I'm here for a food episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do have two TARDISes right here, Matt, if like you want to grab those. If we could have, we would have just froze them in the air with like one hand up. <laughs> it's like the end of the breakfast club. Yeah. 
Thank you, sir. Oh, so wow. you each get a TARDIS there. And it's a TARDIS. Like, one of the biggest Doctor Who geeks gets in your in your studio, and it's a TARDIS food. <laughs> I aim to please. Nice. So it's just chocolate. It's just a fudge in the middle. It's like a chocolate fudge in the middle, but I'm wondering if maybe the consistency is, like, too it's heavy. soft. It's very heavy. This is, yeah, heavy. And if I had done a solid chocolate TARDIS, it would just been difficult to eat, I think. So it's probably a little messy, but hopefully not too runny. No. No? Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of TARDIS there to eat. Strangely, it's more chocolate on the inside than you would see from the outside. Mm. That's a <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that guy! Points, points, points. <laughs> That's pretty darn tasty. Yeah. Okay. Good. good. So I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm gonna experiment with some different things too. I think I do have molds to do Daleks as well. I also have molds for uh, Batman logos. Uh-huh. I have Darth Vader heads. I have Han Solo and Carbonite, which is perfect for a chocolate mm. bar. <laughs> I also just picked up a silicon mold to do video game controllers, so I can do an oh. Xbox, a PlayStation, and a classic NES controller. That's cool. So we're going to have... Or I like I, the way this tastes. Yeah? Like how you get the white chocolate and then the fudge. Mm-hmm. And the consistencies are different. That's good. See, now's the time where I should have them for sale already so people could just buy them based on this endorsement. But I'll, uh, by the time how I long, finalize all this. Well, how long does it take you to make a batch? It's, it's a decent amount of time. Uh, the TARDISes are trickier because of the fine designs on the outside of it. So I generally have to coat the inside of the silicon mold and once and then put that in the fridge. And then when it cools, I have to coat it again because I don't want a thin layer or else the filling is going to come out too. It's just going to break. It Mm -hmm. needs to be solid enough to where it's going to keep the filling in there. And I only have three impressions of the TARDIS in each mold. Oh, so So make three at a time, right? Three at a time. So it is, I mean, I could buy more molds and increase my productivity if this takes off a little bit, but I'm happy with the the way they came really out for good. the most mm. part, and definitely heading the right direction. With Very, those. those are awesome. Yeah, super so, sweet, but good. So if if I can take up some more time for myself, um. absolutely, it's your show. <laughs> yeah, what would you guys pay for something like that? Because that's one of the hardest things for me to well, figure out is what this stuff is worth. Because well, first uh, we have to look at what your cost is, right? How long right. it takes. I'm wondering, and th- then compare to other products th- out there. Take that away, though. You as a consumer. If I if you were to see something like that and and you're going to buy one, I mean, I'll probably sell them like maybe a pair, like a TARDIS and a Dalek. But if you were only going to buy one of those TARDISes, what would that be worth? So it's a little TARDIS in a little box. It'd be that size TARDIS in like a bag or a box or something. Oh, maybe a buck or a couple bucks. Yeah, I think if you if you went with actually doing the Dalek with the TARDIS like that, you probably could do maybe four or five bucks. I think I was thinking something around. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Three ninety nine, yeah. Especially like when that. it's handcrafted chocolate. It's not, yeah. you know what I mean. It's not rolled out on some giant conveyor belt. So yeah, I ain't fucking you, around. <laughs> you can play that, you know, that it is it's handcrafted good. chocolate. So that does play into it as well. That mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's unique. It's going to be original. It's not something that there's a hundred thousand of them going out there. So it is a unique thing yeah. that somebody's not going to be able to duplicate that easily. Sure, sure. So I'm thinking something like that. Tardis uh, mm-hmm. with the fudge filling and then a dark chocolate Dalek with the coconut filling. Nice. I think that would pair well with each other. There are ways I know, too, to paint chocolate with, like, edible. They have, like, edible paint. Yeah. So I could maybe just, like, spray the outside of the Tardis with whatever to get the color right. That might be the only way to really do it well. But that coloring, did it bother you, being a big fan? Does it? It's not. The Tardis blue is an it's accurate a certain blue, thing, but... but- 
I, I just thought it was cool that there was Tardis chocolates. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be a dark being given to me to there. put yeah. my face right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that's going to be. That's going to be a huge impulse buy. Someone's going to be on Etsy or on your website or whatever it is, and gonna be like, oh my god, click buy. Done. Right. Well, we have some. We have a decent amount of local comic book shops in mm-hmm. the area too. One of which I'm friendly with the owners, and maybe right. we can get some in there too, which would be nice. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll uh, good. I'll pursue it a little bit and see what I can do with it, and then uh, if if things go well and the test shipments go well, mm. I will make them available to our listeners and other peoples on the internet. Test shipments because you want to see if they actually survive shipping. Yes, exactly. Mm. I have a friend that lives in uh, San Diego, and I'm going to be shipping to her because a that's across the country, yeah. and b it's much warmer temperatures over there. So I want to make sure I can package something that's going to survive the trip and not just get all disgusting and melty. If you ship. But if everything you ship is priority, it's going to be there in one to three days anyway. Right. So it's not going to sit in warm temperatures for very long. No, no. That's not – it's not my biggest not concern. Also, just to survive the jostling of yeah. of everything. But, I don't know. But that was solid. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like we could have put that in a little box or a bag and dropped it multiple times. And oh, there I, don't, been no I don't think so. You don't think so? No. That was – I don't know. It felt it solid to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, for the most part it is, but I actually think the dollar would fare better because like, it's more cylindrical. Have you but. ever bought a box of chocolates online and had them shipped? I know. No. Maybe you test it out and see how it arrives. Look, yeah. See if it's in bubble wrap or. I know there's there's like temperature insulated bubble wrap I can do and stuff like that. I yeah. have ways I think I can do it. I just want to make sure that bubble I. Bubble wrap is really inexpensive. Right. Too. I just want to make sure I'm doing it right before people start paying me for it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. well, once you start worrying about like insulating your packages then the cost per unit yeah goes exactly up. exactly so i hope i didn't just waste like 10 minutes of the listeners time so i can figure out no somebody out there might plans. have an idea for you sure sure uh okay then let's hop into our geek outs and freak outs of course starting with the geek outs yay would you like to go first matt as our new geeker outer sure um first one uh star wars force awakens yes um, i know it's been geeked out already but I'm really trying to remain healthily skeptical about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of things that are getting me psyched. Mark Hamill actually said that the BB-8, uh, that little ball droid mm-hmm. is a practical effect. Yes. I and he said that. he saw it zipping around. He said, wait till you see it in person, the way it zips around and how the screen. hell does that work? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but it, I mean, if that's true, then that's awesome. Cause right. I, and then of course, Kevin Smith talking about how he, he visit, he actually wept when he was on the Millennium Falcon because it was that accurate. To be on there, so I don't know if Kevin Smith crying is a, a standard of measure because that man readily balls. <laughs> <laughs> he does, but but he also holds the you know Star Wars with a lot of reverence. Very and, true, and so that, that definitely gets me uh, excited for those. And I'm hoping that um, I'm not setting myself up for a big fall. Gotham, the show Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, specific geek out for Robin Lord Taylor, who is yeah. Oswald Cobblepot, who's the penguin. He is the show, in my opinion. Absolutely. Right now. And, um, I watch just about every week just for him because he's just spectacular. He really is. Um, really dig that guy, uh, what he's doing with that. How role. do you feel about the show in general? I've heard mixed reactions from people. I got worried the first episode because the first episode, it was like every turn there was a reference to a character that was in the Batman universe. Like there's this little girl in the corner at this one house and, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's Ivy dealing with her plant. And here's a reference to this character and that character. And, and it was a long uh, Monty Python nudge, nudge, wink, it wink. It really sketch. was. Yeah. And they've pulled away from that mm-hmm. and really let it be about the character development of, of the penguin and of, uh, Jim Gordon. Mm hmm. 
And then they have side, they do have, you know, they do go back to, to Bruce Wayne and, uh, Selena Kyle, which I just like now they're pacing it in a way that's, you know, it's, it's straying in, in many places from the comic lore and, and the canon, but in it, in a way that's, it's, it's been enjoyable. I really enjoy each week. I, I think that they build it up. It's well written drama. I was surprisingly pleased with the, uh, Bruce and Selena centered episode. Mm-hmm. I thought they really brought it. They're actually pretty tremendous actors. You know, I think's great. Even though, um, no one's going to say that Michelle Pfeiffer was the best cat woman ever to be on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl playing Selena Kyle. You look at her eyes, and she looks like she could be a young Michelle Absolutely. Pfeiffer. I thought the casting of that was pretty cool. I agree, cool. I agree. Um, even though I'm a big Julie Newmar fan. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. uh, back to Batman 66. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about wrestling when we were off the air, and I didn't want to bring too much wrestling on here, but we did mention NXT and also Lucha Underground um, with you know five to seven hours of straight WWE on mm. TV each week. Uh, these are real alternatives. NXT is the developmental brand of WWE, and Lucha Underground is on that uh, on Robert Rodriguez's El Rey network. Oh really. wow! Um, and it's an hour, and they're really they're really committed to it. They mm. uh, on their New Year's Eve programming, they would put these minute long spots. That are really building to it. It's it's interesting because it's packaged in many cases, kind of like the the Spanish telenovela, like the cut of, when they do promos in between the vignettes. Mm-hmm. They're almost overproduced, and so it fits in with like the the Spanish telenovela style. As okay. I said, they have a really decent actor as like the lead heel. Um, he's like the owner of the company. Okay, but the wrestling is is fantastic. It's fresh. It's Lucha Libre, so it's high action. Sure, sure. Uh, they have Vampiro and Matt Stryker doing commentary. Oh, no way. Um, really? Yeah. And, Stryker. And, yeah, and, and they, they do stuff like, they'll reference like, oh, yeah, this guy's here. And you just heard, you know, Chavo Guerrero. And last week he was on Chris Jericho's podcast. And, like, they reference stuff. That, so they're that, not just staying in their world. No, they're, really, they're not. That's they're, interesting. Um, and, you know, the wrestling, it's it's cool. They do have, they have Masquerita Sagrada, the third version of Masquerita Sagrada. So you have a midget. Who does high flying stuff? They have an exotico, so that's like the um, the overly effeminate in in lucha libre. In that kind of the the homosexual type character is a baby face, a mm-hmm. good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they have women. They do intergender matches, and they have a lot of um, guys from the United States wrestling under hoods. Uh, Matt Cross, who was in the hardcore wrestling stuff as M- backyard wrestling as uh, M Dog Twenty. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's there. <laughs> I remember um, that. Ricochet is uh, one of the top baby faces there. They have. Uh, Johnny Nitro or uh, John Morrison. Yeah. Oh, no Johnny, way. Johnny Mundo. He's a big baby face there. It's really, really good. It's different. It's yeah. that that's the thing about it. It's it's not so much that it's, you know, there's stuff of it. Everything you see on wrestling, there's going to be criticisms on mm-hmm. it. But it's completely presented as an alternative to what's out there. And you don't feel like you're watching WCW light or WWE light. Yeah. Or, it feels like a different you know, it's presented yeah. differently. It's pretty cool. That's great. Um, so I, I DVR that. I watch it just about every week. And, you know, it's nice. Is that available anywhere other than the El Rey network? Can no, we- it's uniquely through El Rey. Oh, okay. Um, they, they have pretty good. Um, I don't have cable, so I yeah. find another way. You might be able to get it online, though, if you if you mm. search for it online. Like, they have this one lucha. I'm getting a nod on that. <laughs> yes. Found it. This, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, they have, like, one guy, Drago, who, like, his, his, his mask is very much like the old great Muda masks that he's been wearing. But it's just, you know, he's this really cool technical high flyer. It's just, it's cool. different than what you're seeing. They're high pace, fast paced matches. It's all wrestling. You get a little spot here or there in between, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's different. And that's why I, I really like that alternative. Uh, last geek out is, uh, have you guys seen the full cinematic trailer yet for Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah, that was one of mine. Yeah, I saw that before the, um, before the, the latest Hobbit film uh-huh. and my jaw was 
on the floor the whole time. I enjoyed the trailer. Yeah, it was amazing. Cinematically beautiful. I was just Have you seen away. it, Rob? I actually didn't watch it. I, I've never seen the Mad Max movies themselves, and I find myself generally uninterested in the world they present. The only one I enjoy, uh, Thunderdome, oh, was the one awesome. that yeah. I remember the most as a kid. And mm-hmm. when I went back and I watched the other ones, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, this isn't what I remember. It's not holding my attention as much as I feel like it should, but Thunderdome still does. But I'm excited for this. I I have, this looks cool. Beautiful. It's something new, too. I have a natural bias against things that take place in the desert. I think I've said that before. <laughs> in a landscape that is very uh, similar throughout mm-hmm. and doesn't hold my attention, I just feel like it's uh, not necessarily... Well, I guess it is kind of isolating in a way. And I don't feel like they can do as much with it. But I, it definitely doesn't mean I'm not going to give it a shot. I just haven't been like super excited mm. about it. I would say just watch, even if you're not interested in seeing the movie, the trailer takes maybe a minute, a minute and a half. Just how cinematically beautiful this mm. trailer. I was blown away the, the, the shots that were used for the trailer itself. It was pretty cool. I was really, I was yeah. surprised. I'll check it out. Volby? Uh, well, I had Mad Max. Um, we're in the future. I'm excited about we that. We are in the future. I've been excited about that. Hey, since. guess what? what? Now we're in the future. Oh, Woo-hoo. now we're in the future. No, you know what I now mean. Now we're in the future. Because of Back to the Future, we are now in the year yeah. of the future in Back to the Future. Part sure, two. sure. I'm excited. That's it. I was just excited about that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I, I watched the trailer for the new Terminator movie. The first time I watched it, I think I watched it with you, Rob. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you put it on your TV, and I was I just did. like, oh, I am not happy about this. Mm-hmm. But then I watched it a few more times, okay. and I was like, oh, no, I am excited about this. I like what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Because they're implying that the other movies, mm-hmm. we failed. Exactly. So now they're going to have to retry this by sending a Terminator even further back yep. to redo what we failed to do the first time. Yep. So... It looks like this movie is almost a mashup of the first two movies, you know, Terminator 1, Terminator 2. It is. And I'm excited it about it. I'm, They're I'm, retelling I'm, the stories with the adjustments for the new right. attempt. Right. Yeah. So I'm excited that ultimately I want to see an ending to all of this, yeah. even mm-hmm. if they go and reboot it again in the future. Yeah. But I need I need closure. I need to know whether we win this or not. You want closure on a time travel movie? I Good do. luck with that. <laughs> I do. But I'm excited about this one. Cool. I think it looks good. Uh, I purchased uh, The Evil Within for oh, Xbox. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Uh, they ran a sale. It was like holiday sale, and I clicked on, on Xbox. It was 50% off. I was, you win. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll buy it. This game is awesome. It goes right back to the way like the original Resident Evil was. Very slowly paced. Very little ammo. You have to sneak attack a lot of the enemies, so it's mm-hmm. not just run and gun. If you try, you're dead. Uh, like, scary game. Mm. Really, really well done. Um, and then I played the demo for Destiny, which was the game that um, Bungie just released. And yep. they did all the Halos. Yep. Really good game. You're not really into first-person shooters, though, are you, Rob? Not for the most part, no. It's a good game, though. Yeah. I enjoy it. It feels different than Halo because it is, but even though it's the same company, it's something fresh and something new, and they're doing some relatively innovative stuff with it. Now that I have the PS4, I can probably play the demo. I think I'm you sure. should. I think yeah. you might enjoy it. And then the last geek out is I'm excited that CM Punk is in the UFC. That's pretty cool. It is. Um, because I don't give a shit about UFC or ultimate <laughs> fighting. Yeah. But when Brock went over, I was like, oh, I want to see him do this. I want to see him do well. And mm-hmm. then he did. And I was like, this is so awesome. And then he left. And I was like, well, I don't care anymore. And that's the but reason now, these guys get contracts. Yep. CM Punk's there. And I really do hope that he – I think there's a lot of – he might not admit it, but I think there's a lot of pressure. Absolutely. Like I feel like. He has to go in and win this Every first fight. Every time mm-hmm. someone from the world of 
fake fighting goes over to real fighting, there's always so much but, pressure to represent because they're they're arguably tougher on the fake fighting side. Yeah. And but they know a lot of the same also, stuff. Also, if you look at the way, you know, Brock left, his contract was up. He's like, I'm done. I'm moving yeah. on to something else. There's yep. bigger dreams. CM Punk just said, I'm sick of this shit. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. So th- I think there's a lot more controversy, and I think he needs to go in and do well here. I, I really hope he hope does, he does. Well. I, mean, I do I will too. watch it. I Anytime a guy makes it. that switch from WWE to UFC, I'm always rooting for there's them. There's no announcement on when he's going to fight, is there? No, they said 2015, but it'll probably be fall. I oh. mean, they're saying late, you know, sometime in 2015. So everybody assumed they meant later on in the fall. Okay. I'll be looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. I think it's going to bring a lot of casual non-UFC fans. Absolutely. Because he left. It wasn't even like Brock left the WWE after that fiasco of a match with Goldberg, where they were both leaving. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew they were leaving. People were just, you know, get out. We don't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. Whereas Punk left them wanting more. Everybody, I mean, they're still chanting CM Punk when, yeah. when AJ Lee wrestles. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's, yeah, he, he left when he was at the height of his popularity. Yeah. Absolutely. Any others? That's it. Okay. Uh, I'm excited that Howard Stern signed for another season of America's Got Talent, even though I don't necessarily – I wasn't necessarily into the show beforehand, and I do enjoy it. It's a nice summer fill-in when everything else is off the air, and I probably wouldn't be watching again if Howard wasn't going to be a part of it because he is really my big draw into that, and (laughs) I think he – keeps the show grounded in a way that it might otherwise get ridiculous because the judges can just be so self-indulgent sometimes. Uh, but I'm excited to see another season of that. So pumped. Uh, speaking of NXT again, I did watch NXT R evolution or revolution or whatever the hell they were trying to call it in some weird uh, way of creating that text. And one of the things that stood out to me was not only seeing a familiar face, but in one of possibly the best wrestling entrances I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I talked about it in the show before mm-hmm. how I, I, I tagged very briefly with uh, who's now being called Becky Lynch in NXT. But when she came over to visit from Ireland years ago, when we were uh, wrestling in what the hell was it? NECW. NECW. <clears throat> when we were wrestling in NECW, she came over as did another wrestler by the name of Fergal Devitt who went on to Japan to become Prince Devitt, who is now in NXT as Finn Balor. And mm-hmm. holy shit. That entrance was amazing. It that was, was unbelievable. Now, I thought it was amazing for two reasons. One, the cinematic timing quality. And this is probably the benefit of them being tied to a univer- like a film study university, mm-hmm. for one but also a huge benefit to the fact that they're always wrestling in the same venue. They have the opportunity to really create these fixtures that are things that recur over and over again, and they can really practice in this place and know they're going to be in this place and things will be as they expect it every single time. Mm -hmm. So they can do things like this. But the way that the lighting and the music and his mannerisms all worked together so perfectly. It was like a three-minute entrance, yeah. and I was not bored for one second of it. It was so good. He did all that in Japan. Whenever he had a big match in Japan, uh, he would do that. And uh, although they went more of a monster character with mm-hmm. him in, in this one, yep. um, he actually went through a litany of different superheroes yes. and supervillains. Yep. He had done Venom, where the tongue of Venom was going down his, uh, yeah. his chest. Uh, he had at one show he was the Joker, the Heath Ledger version of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that he's done, and I think he's going to continue to do it on bigger matches and not so much on the like 
the regular televised mm-hmm. matches. Sure, sure. But hopefully they'll allow him to do that when he gets to the main roster. Absolutely. Where he's on pay-per-view, they, they invest a little more time in letting him develop that. And that look will probably be more consistent for him. I can't see him really going the superhero route for licensing reasons. License, yeah. But you'll notice that his uh, his war paint really matched gear that he had customized for that. So he probably is well, kind of having a look Ray similar. Mysterio do superhero stuff at But it was always a nod. He was never using yeah. logos or anything directly like that. So I'm sure, I mean, you could say that uh, Finn Balor's war paint in this was a nod to Venom for sure. Mm. So uh, he could still do nods to mm. characters without going directly in that route. Now, the other reason I thought it was really cool is because it's always, it was very similar in some areas to a lot of things that I had in my brain for what I would do for an entrance if I was ever capable of creating that kind of a lighting slash pyrotechnic situation, having the the smoke in the ground mm-hmm. and coming up from it and everything, the lights like that are all things like I had the exact images in my brain of things that I wanted to do on the indie level, but you clearly can't because mm-hmm. the, the team around it just isn't there. So I was just blown away by that so much. I mean, I saw the entrance online and as a result of that entrance alone, went and watched that mm-hmm. entire show just to see everything else that was going on over there. I was like, wow, NXT is doing <laughs> a bang up job of, of, of wrestling stuff, even though I really have not been into the wrestling scene at all lately. So that was very impressive. Uh, also, I don't know if either of you guys, I don't think Volpe, you are, Matt, maybe you are, are fans of the newsroom, but the series finale was awesome. It was done so well. It always gets frightening when a series is going out in like six episodes, like a six episode final season, something Mm -hmm. shorter like that. And you also hear the rumors of the writers and some of the stars of the show not necessarily wanting to come back to do it. So Aaron Sorkin was like, the newsroom's done. We did two seasons. They were strong. We ended on a note where it could go out for Mm -hmm. sure. And it felt like a complete story and we're done. They were asked to come back to do six more episodes, even though everyone was satisfied. And he did come back, did write it. Everyone returned to do the show. They killed it every single episode and they ended even stronger than they would have gone out on season two. Mm -hmm. So whenever it's so rare in TV these days, I feel to get a complete story that ends on a satisfying note. So I was very, very happy with the way that ended. So very, very nice. And again, this is only two and a half seasons, roughly, if anyone wants to like binge watch it. It's Mm -hmm. not a huge commitment and it's really great. And actually uh, a large they always have some major real news stories from the real news on the newsroom. And a big overarching one that they cover in season three is the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh. So for people that are local like us, uh, that's even more relevant and I would think interesting to check out. My next one is an app, a game that I was recently turned on to by my friend Ryu. It's a game called Trivia Crack. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard of no. it or played it. But uh, I know right before we started recording, you said you lost. I so lost tell the us game. About yeah. what, uh, Rob doesn't lose often, people. <laughs> he, he actually knows cheat codes to everything, including life. So for him to get beat in a game means that whoever he played was pretty epic. Um, Trivia Crack is a game that's essentially Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. So basically, you play against anybody else. You take turns answering questions until you get one wrong. And then it goes to the other person back and forth. And you have to collect the six different pieces. You have to get the sports piece, the entertainment piece, basically the the Trivial Pursuit pieces, and whoever gets them first wins. It's that simple. It is free, so every time you get a question wrong and it reverts to the other person, yeah. they show you an ad. 
But if you want to avoid that, you can pay for the full game. You can also pay for power-ups, or you can take the time to earn them. So there are ways you can Uh, have an advantage. I've actually been playing the game, and I know you say I have cheat codes for life and everything, (laughs) uh, but I've actually been playing this game completely straight to where I'm not using any power-ups. I'm not using any extra spins. I'm going based solely on the merit of my trivia knowledge. Because I feel like that, to me, is the game. That's the true challenge. Yeah. If anyone else wants to use that stuff, that's fine. They probably have an advantage over me. But as uh, someone I consider to be fairly intelligent and yeah. have history in education, then I, I probably have an unfair advantage in that way. So <laughs> that just levels the playing field mm-hmm. in my mind, which might come off as elitist, but fuck it. I deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, my last geek out is The Binding of Isaac Rebirth, which mm-hmm. I was playing as you guys came over and I've been playing incessantly. I do enjoy the game very much. I believe I've talked about it recently, too. Recently, I also just beat the game, even though there's no real beating the game because every time you play the game it's different Mm -hmm. it's a procedurally generated game where uh like the the dungeons in zelda as they often compare it to every time you play the layout of the dungeon is different the rooms are in different places there's different enemies in them there's different power-ups there's different combinations of stuff but i did get to a point where credits played so therefore i did beat it (laughs) but and i've beaten it a few times and i'm still not sick of it the replayability of this game is unbelievable Like you can sit down and play through a full game in maybe like 45 minutes from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. But when you die, that's it. Like that's the game. Your game could be over in like five minutes. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, I I liken it to Tony Hawk where you can sit down and do a few runs. Yeah. And maybe be done for a while and having just played an hour or so in between stuff or kill some time or whatever. But I really enjoy the game still. It's awesome. Those are all my geek outs, though, so let's go into freakouts. Oh, freakout! Matt, you're up. Well, I sort of talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but uh, DC, uh, I'm, I'm a comic book guy, and I really prefer the, the DC comics over the Marvel comics, personally. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty big over the last year, actually getting back into reading regularly, and um, I've been reading like the Future's End uh, thing that started up that whole series started up right at free comic book day last year. And it's been a really good story. They include basically everybody in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really sort of brought me back to speed with a lot of the DC stuff. And this is so- also the, the storyline that brought Terry into the DC comic universe, right? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Love it. Yep. The problem with that is, um, with all of the comic book exposure, uh, we obviously would, you know, to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is tied into TV now with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I think is a great show. Mm-hmm. They're just starting Agent Carter coming up in um, the next couple of days. Or by the time this is on, I'm sure it'll have already debuted. Yeah, it will have. Um, you know, you, you get on the Marvel Cinematic Universe side of things, you get a lot of payoffs for investing yourself in the different properties. They had um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last season, uh, they had one episode where there was a cameo. It wasn't even a cameo. It was hitting the whole episode pretty much. You know, you had Nick Fury appear mm-hmm. and to have Sam Jackson appear on that show was, was really cool. It was, yeah. and it was sort of a surprise that he was on there. And, um, I'm sure there was, you know, ahead of time they were saying through spoilers that he'd be there, but you know, it paid off that if you've watched the Avengers and then you've watched, you know, uh, Captain America two and everything interplayed. So when mm-hmm. things happen on one, it happened on the other. And they're saying that this sort of thing is going to move forward when they start with, um, with Daredevil and, and, and yep. the different, like yep. the Netflix properties. So they're all going to sort of 
still stay hand in hand. And, uh, with the, with DC, where I really feel, I, I mean, I prefer the DC characters more. Mm-hmm. We said that before, you know, Grant Gustin has really put his fit, feet down and made himself a great flash. He and put I his think, feet down really quick really right fast, after the yeah. other. Yeah. Um, Stephen Amell has been, <laughs> I think, a great green arrow. Yeah. Um, and, it's just I think that they need to take those characters and and let the loyal viewers kind of give them a payoff. So if you're going to do Justice League, the Flash and, and Green Arrow aren't going to be major characters in Justice League. They're going to take a role behind Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So why not give them use those people who you've already invested in? Not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily the the film companies that are are invested in them. Sure. I know it's and that's where it's going to come into play that you know the CW properties of these versus. Uh, the cinematic, whoever's, you know, making the, the, the Batman, you know, Zack Snyder's team. But at the same time, that's all Warner Brothers. It is, right. And it just doesn't make sense to me that you would, you have all this great foundation already laid and you're going to then, you know, just turn off a group of people. If you have a bunch of people, and I know the CW audience predominantly, and I'm sure the majority of those who are watching Flash are that same group who are the CW audience. Right. Why alienate them and say, no, 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 that's not the Flash. This is the Flash. Right. And and I'm sure that Grant Custon's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to put right. in your film, and he's already recognized as the Flash. Yeah. So that sort of that sort of annoyed me. Um and it's not like the fans are on the fence about him. They are underneath holding him up on a pedestal yeah, right now. Like he is amazing in that role. I think Flash is the top right rated show on the CW network. It right is. Now. It is. Yeah. So that, that was, that's annoying because I, I, as I become a big fan of both those shows, I'd like to see that continuity, but you know, we'll see what they do and who they put in. You, you never know. There may be Zack Snyder has a big vision and maybe the, the grand, the sum of the parts of that grand vision will end up in the long run being better than what we've been given. So I'm willing to wait and see, but mm. initially that, that annoys me. I agree. Um, the other freak out is, uh, based on it's a little more based on a geek out, but, uh, I just bought a, uh, really awesome Batman 66 Batmobile Jersey from geekyjerseys.com. Okay. Um, Dave's geeky jerseys. They do, uh, all sorts of unlicensed, awesome hockey jerseys based on different sci-fi and, and just geeked them. Like they have a, a doctor who TARDIS Jersey. I think my brother showed um, me some of these. He's a big fan- hockey guy. Fantastic. Uh, my buddy Nat just got a Voltron one recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I bought the, the Batman 66 Batmobile inspired hockey Jersey in the last week. And once I ordered it, I noticed, uh, because they're all made hand, they're handmade. It takes five to six weeks from, from deliver, from when you order it to be delivered. Oh wow. And there was just that, I'm getting so used to Amazon where I order it on Prime <laughs> and two days later it's at my doorstep. Right. I don't know what I'm going to do for five to six weeks to wait, but this, this is something made. I mean, it's made to order. So, right, uh, right. And it's a limited edition thing. So it's, it's really not a full freak out, but just uh, five to six weeks. Come on. I need now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our instant gratification exactly. society. And I'm sure as soon as I get it, it won't matter that I waited five to six weeks to get it. I'll right, be super right. happy. And, well, now it's just something that you might, might maybe forget about for two seconds. And when it actually shows right. up, it's going to be that much more special. Any others? Nope. That's it. Volpe. Only one. Okay. 2014. <laughs> <laughs> 21 and one. Yeah. 21 and one. That didn't even kickstart it. It was no. just shit. Like, I, like it was a good learning experience. I mean, yeah. so maybe it's, I don't know. It's a freak out because it happened. We'll do our year wrap up episode sometime soon. We and, will. Uh, we will. But just that'll be interesting. From Day one till literally the last day, I just had my balls busted. Yeah. By the universe. You yeah. know why? Because I kept tempting her. You know why? Or taunting her. And she kept fighting. Because back. Undertaker's streak Freaking ended. One. It did. 21 and 1. That. 21 and 1. And it ruined the rest of the year. It did. 
It was just it was just bad. Yeah. That's it. Okay. It's really that simple. <laughs> and we'll get into it another time. Yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. Okay. Uh, I have Rub. a bunch. <laughs> the first one is, hey, here's one we've never seen on the list before. Comcast. <laughs> you sons <laughs> of bitches. Still? The same problem I had months ago. This is now the third time this has happened. Uh, Comcast decided again that I must be leasing my cable modem and added an $8 charge on every month. This is something I have corrected for them twice already. I've also corrected it now this third time, and they still not have adjusted no, not my bill. It. Now, when I call, they think I have a completely different cable modem than the one I have had the entire time I've had service. Even in the old place I used to live, mm -hmm. this is the cable modem I was using. I've never leased a modem from Comcast. I've always had the same exact modem, and yet they keep trying to change it on me. Mm. Why? No other reason than they're fucking assholes. There's no <laughs> other good explanation for it. Because at this point, the correction should also be listed in their system. Right. This is not some new information that's coming out of nowhere, and it shouldn't have to take me this many times to fix it. Now, I did say before on a past episode that if this happened again, I would be canceling Comcast and switching to another service. Who do you have? That's the problem. Right. I don't know if there's anywhere else I can go. I don't have anybody other than Comcast either. So now my balls are in a vice. And 21 and, and one. Not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? There's what? a good way? <laughs> what have you been doing? Wow. <laughs> we'll save so, that for the wrap up. I am like, I looked into uh, Verizon Fios. It's yeah. not available in my area. Uh, I looked into an AT&T service that is also not available in my area. And it's just bullshit that they can have this kind of control and monopolize. It is a monopoly. Mm -hmm. They can monopolize something that is as the FCC should be redefining it, a utility. This mm -hmm. is something we would need as a utility now. So it cannot have this kind of exclusivity anymore. It's garbage, garbage, garbage. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think it's something I have to deal with for now until someone so else comes in. every month you in. have to call and complain? Not every month, but it happens every few months. In the time I've How lived in that... this apartment, it's happened three times. Three times <clears throat> in the course of two years. Once is forgivable. More than once is not. Three times is ridiculous. I'm wasting hours of like my time dealing with this. the guy that works there every few months goes in and is like, I'm going to fuck with them. It's like <laughs> they do it to see if we're paying attention. Yeah. And if we're not, it's costing us $8 more a month. That's almost what it seems like. like you think That's about interesting because my bill just it. went from $38.50 to $45 and change. Yeah, so check and see why. It makes you wonder if people aren't checking the itemized breakdown, if they are slipping things. They like just, yeah. Yeah, right, right. I just get a thing in my email. I don't even get it in the mail. I got to look. It's why I, I just don't thought, have any of my bills set to automatic payment because I no, want I do to be either. aware if there's an adjustment somewhere. So I paid them like my bill ends on the 14th. I paid yeah. them what I always pay them. And if they don't correct it, they might cut off my service, but I'm not paying them the full amount yeah. because they so got an $8 balance on your account. Yes, I have eh, an $8 balance. I don't think they'll shut it off. They'll send you letters in the mail, which is fine, but oh, what a pain in the ass. It's just my time. That's my commodity they're wasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next freak out is Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, which I thought would be an awesome game. Yeah. And it might be. <laughs> but? Uh, even though I got it for free from EA, so I can't necessarily complain, during the PlayStation outage over the holidays, mm. I decided to give it a try, 
and could not play even single player because I was not connected to the PlayStation. Oh, you network. had outages too? Because mm-hmm. I couldn't do shit on Christmas Xbox Day with my was Xbox. Out. PlayStation was out. Yeah, it was down. It was all yeah. down. I tried to buy a movie or rent a movie yeah, yeah. and it kept going down and then I ended up getting double charged for it. So I had to uh, call and they fixed it. But oh, good. Yeah, it was all down. But I should not. Because every little shit in America was playing video games. No, I, people think that it was actually uh, more of the North Korea stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, don't. No, now we have a problem. Okay. <laughs> you, can, you can fuck with our movies, but you don't. <laughs> we're playing video games here. Right, right. No, but the uh, the, the, the fact that I can't play a single player yeah. game offline yeah. is horseshit. And that is something that EA has been ridiculed for for a long time. I thought they had taken active steps to get away from that. But a game that I have on my system and I'm not playing multiplayer in any way whatsoever I should be able to play that game. I ran into a game. What game did I download? I was playing a game where it, I wasn't connected and it said I needed to connect to Xbox yeah. Live to play it. It was yeah. a game, an indie game I downloaded. Or it's a, just horseshit. Wasn't that one of the, the the critiques about PlayStation? I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Xbox One, because they had yes. you had to yeah. remain. I yep. have the 360. But yeah, yeah, that was they, one of the original ones, yeah. even though they, they backtracked on that completely but yeah that was one of the initial Mm. concerns so now it's not something console exclusive third-party publishers can still do whatever they want with that so if they want to be jerks then apparently they still can that Uh, sucks yeah yeah it was just stupid i saw a ton of people who had either gotten one or the other for the holidays and oh here we go we bought all you know bought the bundle package ps4 yada 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 and you you got this new game system and you could not use it on on christmas yes yeah which is awful Um, I'm, I'm glad we have a heavy wrestling room for this episode in particular because we've hit a few things, but I, I have a feeling you guys will have maybe a strong opinion on this last freak out. I saw on Reddit that, uh, there, there are people that are having some problems with WWE 2K15 because it turns out that 2K Games is banning players who upload Chris Benoit face textures to the game. Because this game allows you to put your own face on a character and a created wrestler. Yeah. And if you put in Chris Benoit's face, you get your account banned so that's or WWE blocked for a certain amount of time. So 2K is doing that on probably the word of WWE. Now, another Reddit user made a solid point saying that I didn't get banned for uploading a Hitler face texture. So why am I getting banned yeah. for uploading Chris Benoit's face? What do you guys think about that kind of like overarching power and kind of well, so their game? I mean, it's their characters. They own that Benoit image, I suppose. Who? WWE. No, they don't. He's dead. He's dead, but they that yeah, they have all the footage of him. They don't own him. They don't own and, him. And it's not it's something that someone's using, like just a, an image of his mm. face. They're uploading it to it and putting it on a created character. It'd be no different. Like what now happens if someone who happens to look like Chris Benoit uploads their face and they granted it's not a huge percentage of the population yeah. that's in this category, but what if someone gets banned for uploading their own face? Like, what is that about? Is this a practice that should be going on? Or is Chris Benoit's legacy so horribly destroyed that we have to ban players that just want to create him in their games that no one else is ever going to see? Well, you're at a point now where if you have the WWE Network, you can't search for Chris Benoit, I believe, but his matches are on. There. Right, matches, right. They haven't. If you're watching an entire pay-per-view previous yeah. event that he was on, uh, he's still on there. They haven't edited those events in any way. You know, I, I, it's a shame that one of the greatest technical wrestlers in the last 20 years is defined with the horrible last 24 hours of his life. I get it. He shouldn't be made, you know, made as a hero. Mm-hmm. But what we're looking at is not what he did in that time. We're looking at what he did 
as the wrestler mm-hmm. in that period of time. I just don't see why banning somebody's full account and and because they liked Chris Benoit as a wrestler and they sure. went. I, I'm sure there are people who were putting Chris Benoit in there to to ha ha. I've got Chris Benoit right and and probably gave him a name that wasn't Chris Benoit. It was probably something not pleasant. You know, they probably named him like the murderer or something like that just right. to be snarky. But um, it did. To ban somebody for that, it's really I, – I could see sending somebody maybe an email saying, mm-hmm. hey, we're not crazy about that or we're not going to allow you to use that particular skin. Right. But to completely ban them from the game for that, just – it's pretty petty when when the WWE is you know still using his image on, on the yeah. network and whatever. So. Right. And from what people are saying, there was no prior notice that this was not an acceptable practice. Like they're just getting hit with the ban and being like, well, if you told me beforehand, I wouldn't have done that. And that's so, another place so I where could, it's garbage. We could upload, like you said, a Hitler or a Bin Laden skin, and that's yes, fine. Absolutely. Yeah. See that? That's that, it's a bad standard. It is. To set. It is a bad yeah, standard. Yeah. I mean, if they were banning like a huge list of things that were all considered terrible and horrible and whatever, okay, at least mm-hmm. you're creating a standard. But if you're just saying, well, this one horrible thing is okay, but this other horrible thing is not, then yeah, I don't get that at all. Hey, Amazon users. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Hey everybody, this is John Barrowman, and you are listening to The Geek Generation. Go Geeks! We do have some other stuff to talk about. I'm going to go first, and we'll see if we have time for all of this. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I've seen a ton of movies recently, and I wanted to talk about some of them. I've been catching up on the 2014 things, and also, I should probably say, by this time the geeky awards nominations are open so if you go to the geekgeneration.com slash awards you should see a form that you can fill out to nominate your favorites in television movies video games uh we do this every year it's a big whole thing and it's a lot of fun Uh, and the more people we get participating the more fun it is so head on over there and send in your nominations but one thing I do in order to create my top 10 movies each year is to watch as many of the movies from 2014 as I can. So here's a bunch that I watched and some initial impressions. And if you guys have seen these, please hop in and join me. I did subject myself to watching Transformers Age of Extinction. And the only thing I can say about this is, damn it, China, this is all your fault. China is the reason that they keep making these movies. They do okay domestically. They do gangbusters internationally. I believe Transformers Age of Extinction was the only movie to hit the billion dollar mark internationally this year. And it's all because of China. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Did either of you guys see it at all? I waited a couple weeks to see what people were saying about it, um, which I don't often do. Mm -hmm. But I just had a feeling and it was so panned by everybody who saw it. I, uh, yeah. Skip it. Yeah. At a certain point in the movie, I just paid like half attention to it. Uh, another movie I watched recently is another long one called Boyhood. I was very excited with the premise of this movie. We had talked mm-hmm. a little. Well, obviously, we talked about a lot of these during like the summer movie preview and stuff. Boyhood was the story about the life of a young man, Mason, 
who is aging and living his life from five to age 18. Uh, the big hook with this movie is that it was really filmed over the span of 12 years. So in 12 years real time, mm -hmm. they brought these collection of actors and actresses back together to film scenes for the movie over the course of 12 years, which is a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I wish the movie had been a little better for something like that. I can understand why the challenge was there to really put it all together in a certain way. Mm -hmm. It is uh, the, the gimmick of it, if you want to call it a gimmick, certainly works. It is very interesting to see these people age in what you could say is real time. Um, this is directed by Richard Linkletter and stars Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke. They're very fortunate that the kid they got at a young age became a pretty good actor as it went on. Granted, I'm sure he had lots of practice and being involved with this movie was probably a big part of it and him pursuing that. And I wonder if he still is after this. I didn't really do the research and maybe I should have, but it was very interesting to see. Did you guys watch this at all? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although I remember you talking about it and it, the, the premise was pretty cool. Yeah, it's so fascinating. It is fascinating. It's, it's one of those kind of slice of life movies mm. where you're not necessarily getting a huge message or anything. You're kind of just experiencing someone else's experiences. There are some themes in there, but nothing that really hits you over the head. Just kind of life lessons in general. Uh, another movie I watched and I actually really enjoyed was The Equalizer. This was the recent Denzel Washington movie. Uh, it's based on a TV show from the 80s with the same name. The premise here is that a man believes he has put his mysterious past behind him and has dedicated himself to beginning a new quiet life. But when he meets a young girl under the control of ultra-violent Russian gangsters, he can't stand idly by. He has to help her. So Denzel Washington's character... My plan character, is to, was to rent this. I was looking at watching the trailer the other yeah, night on Xbox. So I was going to rent it's it. It's another long one, like two and a half hours or something. And it is a little too long for its own good. Is it? But... It's still very enjoyable. Well, I was just like, oh, he's just going to whoop their ass. Oh, I, I think. <laughs> like, you'll, oh, yeah. I think you'll really like this movie because basically his character works in like a Home Depot knockoff type yeah. store. And he's made all these friends and local people that he like kind of cares about. And they end up getting fucked with in one way or another by like crime organizations mm -hmm. and muggers and like this and that. And he just fucking gets revenge for him. It's the best. Cool. And granted, he has a set of skills from a prior life before right. he's working at a Home Depot that makes him capable of this. But it felt good. It'll be, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how close it is to the source material because I'm old enough, unfortunately, to remember the source <laughs> material being on every every week. Sure. Um, and it was a different, you know, it was a, an older white gentleman who was, was right, the equalizer. Right. But uh, it'll be interesting to see because Denzel's a great actor. So. He is. He is. And, he does very well in this, yeah, too. Cool. I'll have to check that one out. Uh, I recently saw The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, and I have to say it's probably, well, I didn't enjoy the first one that much. Uh, the second one was probably the best, I think, of the three. One of the things that I commented on social media, too, is that I don't know why this wasn't just a cartoon at this point, because there is so much CGI in this movie. And it's not just CGI that flows in well. Granted, there is some of that, too. Smaug still looks Schmaug. unbelievable. He looks so good. But in general... There's just so CGI that stands out in yeah. your face like a sore thumb. It's like, God damn, just like make everything Turtles CGI. Yeah. yeah. Just make everything CGI at that point. What's what's the point of having real actors? And I, I, I thought it was very dull in places. It dragged on longer than necessary. But again, it's exactly what we said going in. One 300-page book does not amount to three nearly three-hour movies. Couldn't that just been one movie? That Absolutely. Was like three hours? Yeah, probably could I can't wait for the inevitable supercut that somebody makes of them all. 
You know, it felt to me this one, and again, this was it was the third movie, but it was really just the third act. Yes. Um, it really felt like uh, there was a lot of action for the sake of action. Agreed. Um, I mean, you ended the la- the desolation of Smog, 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 <laughs> with him leaving. You know, the hold, the mountain hold, and going to attack uh, Rivertown. Mm-hmm. So this one inevitably starts with that, which is a huge battle in its own right. Yes. But what I didn't really dig was at the end of one of the big pieces of the uh, the battles in Tolkien's book was the ebb and flow of the the actual battle of five armies it was one side starts to to take advantage and you know the 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 orcs and are they're starting to to overcome those fighting them and then another army joins in and then it's so it's this ebb and flow of the powers mm-hmm. and then when it's finally looking like the trolls and the orcs are here and they they have uh, members that arrive on wargs and it's, it's bleak, it's done. And then the last piece is the arrival of the fifth army, which is the Eagles. And that was supposed to be this poignant thing on how each power, uh, each army that adds in changes the direction. And it really didn't, that no, was, that was not at all. background to what was going on with, with the actual individual battles that mm-hmm. were happening. And, and I really felt like that was something that even in the old, um, the old cartoon version of it, uh, the the Rankin Bass yeah, cartoon, yeah, yeah. Of it, they they played that out the Battle of Five Armies better with that ebb and flow than they did in in the movie, mm. and they only had however long two hours or whatever an hour and a half versus nine hours by right, the time you're right. done with it. I've gotten to the point too where those big massive war scenes and army battles are just so uninteresting. We've seen it so much over and over again, and there's no real great little moments to keep us hooked into them like in the the lord of the rings movies they would be in the middle of this massive battle then legolas would do something really fucking cool and you'd be like awesome and it hooks you back in and they show a little bit more of blah 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 blah, and then someone else does something really cool there was none of that in this it was Mm -hmm. just kind of mashing two armies together and when he did that him running up the falling stairs looked ridiculous it was it was so bad it was like video game like prince of persia jumping up the falling yeah yeah absolutely i feel like and i think now when lord of the rings had those battles we didn't have like game of thrones and i don't know if you guys are into game of thrones but it's it's so much more realistic and Mm -hmm. and i feel like they outdid the battle scenes you know a big tumultuous battle was done better on an HBO series than it was in this huge budget movie. Yeah, yeah. Another movie I saw recently, we talked a little bit about it last show, is Gone Girl. Uh, This was directed by David Fincher, scored by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I thought Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike are amazing in this movie. You are one of the few people I know that when you go in to watch a movie yes. and it has twists in it, yes. you know the ending before the ending comes. Like You always just like, nah, I knew that. Yes. Or you call it. Did you see how this was going to play out? or Because the whole time I was just like back and forth, back and right. forth, really unsure of how this was going to play out. Did you, did this you see one, it? This one kept me on the edge. Did it? I will honestly okay. say that I was not calling things as they were happening. Mm. There were a couple things that were kind of evident. But yeah. uh, the the bigger twists in the movie, I will say, I was not necessarily yeah. expecting. They they did put a few hints here and there, yep. and there were thoughts, but I didn't think it was going to go that way. And I was very pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. when I did. And the way that it ended, definitely did not expect that right. either. And the way that they reused a scene from earlier in the movie and now with the new knowledge we have is completely different. Right. Is very interesting, too. You should watch it, Matt. 
Yeah, it's, oh, yeah no, it's I definitely good. want it. It's really good. I've heard nothing but good things about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. And I did make uh, the comparison to that. This reminded me very much of like Basic Instinct and those type of movies. There are plot holes, but it is a movie that is presented in such a manner to where the actions in the movie are not realistic. So mm-hmm. you kind of go, oh, it doesn't matter. Because they're they're doing something else here. Like you look at something like Basic Instinct, and it's a little bit where everything is kind of turned up a notch. Yeah, and it's that kind of a movie. It starts off in the realistic sense, and then yep. starts to go, oh wow, this is taking crazy turns and huge things, and you just have to go with it because that's what makes it. And I was surprised to see uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, in it. Yeah, that and was he was very nice. good in it too. Yeah. The performances in the movie are fantastic. Yeah. The score is awesome every time i see ben affleck though he walks on screen i go fucking batman (laughs) (laughs) not yet and i look and i I, even in the movie i was watching i was like i'm trying to picture like the hood like the everything on i'm like oh now this is one of those movies too where i know how much i enjoyed it because as soon as it's done i hop online and i look at other people's opinions and i go well i have my thoughts on this but i want to know what other people are saying and discussing i do look at trivia at times too And one of the things I didn't realize throughout the movie, but I guess is going on, is that during the filming of this, Batman was Batman. (laughs) Ben Affleck was cast as Batman Uh during the filming of this and started his training while they were filming. So you see him lose weight over different parts of the movie. Really? So he's heavier in some areas than he is in others, which is interesting. He's a lot buffer in others Uh as well, too. Didn't notice that. Yeah, I kind of want to. Go back. And I see. love going back and looking at those oh, little wow. like trivia's and the the IMDb is awesome for all that all that <laughs> it's stuff. Like, hey, uh, Mr. Affleck, uh, you're Batman. Hit the gym. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. No, not not when you're done filming. Start now. right now. No, we don't care if it ma- you're Batman. Yeah. Get in the gym as soon as he signs the contract. Yeah. There's a group of people that just whisk him away yeah. <laughs> and go. All right, starts. Um, another movie I saw recently and I really really enjoyed it. Probably one of my favorite movies of the year, Big Hero Six. Did you guys see this at all? No. No, I wanted to though. It is so good. Uh, a it few is. Girls in the gym saw it. Yeah. And they were. They all said they cried. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I shed a tear or two. Um, <laughs> it is a Marvel property, but more geared towards kids for sure. But it does. It is also produced by Dixney, uh, yep. Disney, and though it's not necessarily <laughs> a Disney, because I was my brain you went dicks. Disney and Pixar. <laughs> I, I combined Disney and Pixar to make Dixney. Yes, it's not necessarily a Pixar movie, but it is a Disney property, and it does hold a lot of those same consistencies that they've learned from Pixar at this point. Very enjoyable movie. Not huge surprises, I don't think, for a lot of people. It does hit a lot of predictable beats, but they're all very welcome beats. It's again, if we're going to make the comparison to wrestling matches, even though you know someone's certain movesets coming up when they actually do it, it's that much more exciting because you've been waiting for it the whole time. How smart was that, though? I mean, you've got Disney that has that whole sector that's tied into kids and you find one of your comic book properties that you can convert and do. I mean, it's a ton of people I know who want to see it were adults, but you opened up another just another pretty much unknown genre of comic book movie for little kids that would never have ever read the source totally totally it's just brilliant the way they're using this stuff it is and baymax is so marketable it's ridiculous i already have my big funko pop of him (laughs) and his battle armor i didn't realize it was as big as it is it's funny uh this year for christmas my brother let my niece and nephew pick out what they were getting me for christmas 
So they basically looked at my Amazon wish list and they picked out different things for me. <laughs> and uh, my niece got me uh, Monsters Inc. on Blu-ray because I wanted to, to upgrade from yeah. the DVD. And my nephew picked out Baymax and his hero armor. He he had no idea who Baymax was. He recently just saw it and he actually really likes it too. So four-year-olds are liking this movie. And he and most movies don't hold his attention very well. But he was into this one. So mm-hmm. props for them. Another movie I watched recently, Men, Women, and Children. I was very excited for this one from hearing about it at the beginning. I don't think it was a major release. I think it was more limited, and I don't think a lot of people saw this one. Mm -hmm. This is a group of high school teenagers, and their parents attempt to navigate the many ways the Internet has changed their relationships, their communication, their self-image, and their love lives. This was written and directed by Jason Reitman, who also did Juno. Thank you for smoking up in the air. I think at this point, Jason Reitman's becoming one of my favorite directors. He's doing amazing stuff in cinema. Uh, some people were really good in this that you might not have expected. Adam Sandler in a dramatic role. Really? He does very well. Jennifer Garner is really good in this. She plays a mother of a daughter who, uh, and the daughter's actually one of the girls from the Tim Allen show, Last Man Standing, the youngest one. That show's still on? I think so. Oh, third somehow. season just hit Netflix. Yeah. So I gotta watch it. Uh, Jennifer Garner plays a super overprotective mom uh-huh. to where she like checks her daughter's social media every night and has a key logger to see the exact things she types into her computer and like super like the Internet's going to corrupt my child type thing. It will. So you get the extremes on that side. You get the extremes on the other side of people that are really not paying attention to it at all or even uh, using their kids for Internet popularity, stuff like oh. that. So it's hitting yeah. it's hitting all these things. And how technology is affecting the way we interact with each other. I thought it was a very, very well done and very smart movie. And just it's, again, one of those movies that just starts a conversation that needs to be had and touches on a lot of different areas and doesn't take a clear stance. Just says, hey, this is one side. This is one side. This is one side. It's a fair down the middle. Yeah. Kind of like, let's just get the conversation going. And it's it's a really good movie in general. John Wick, I don't know if we talked about. At we length at all. We saw that, and that was very satisfying. It was. <laughs> and the dog dying isn't as dramatic as I thought it would be. No, so not as gruesome. I didn't cry the way I thought I would. <laughs> when I heard you talking about that originally, I, I'm the same way. You can't put a dog dying scene in there. I just can't yeah. do it. It's um, I'll instantly. <laughs> oh, you will yeah. go, oh, but you're not going to weep. Right. right. Because they do a nice job of being like, okay, something happened to the dog, and here's the dog is dead and it was a necessary step to to provide the motivation necessary to allow him to get to that level of violence the minute you see the dog dead you just out loud will go fuck them up yeah yeah (laughs) kill everybody yeah everyone (laughs) yeah but i enjoyed it it. was a good movie movie, yeah 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 not too long or anything just like oh right to the point yep yeah yep kind of uh comparative to maybe like the first taken not quite as good but in the sense that if you just want to watch someone beat the hell out of everyone, just yeah. nonstop. Yeah. With zero hell. emotion, too. Yeah. Like robotic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like absolutely. <Keanu> is. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Birdman, I saw, which is being critically acclaimed by a lot of people, especially for the performances. Yeah. While I did like the movie and it did succeed on a lot of fronts, and I can agree that the performances are very, very good. Michael Keaton is awesome in this. But the 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 director does go into some more artsy fartsy kind of directing Mm. cinematography styles. And I understand why he did most of them, but some of them feel like they're in there for art's sake or to really, I don't even know how to necessarily say it. There were parts of it that felt kind of uh, film snob elitist to me, 
But overall, the movie itself is very, very good. It's not what people think it is like <laughs> the fact I do think that the fact that they're calling it Birdman is kind of misrepresentative and people are being like, oh, it's a superhero movie. <laughs> no, it is not a superhero movie. You you see a guy in the Birdman costume for maybe less than a minute of the full movie. It is not about that at all, but it is still good. The Maze Runner, uh, it, it, which is another in these long list of kind of young adult novels turned into movies like The Hunger Games and Twilight and all this other stuff. This one, I think, is a little better. Is that the one that had Jeff Bridges in it? That's The Giver. Oh, The Giver. Yeah. Uh, the Maze Runner is a little better, I think, than some of those others, even though the end takes a weird direction that I did not see coming and others might have because they actually read the books. But I don't know what reading is, so I just <laughs> watch movies. In, in this, Thomas is deposited in a community of boys after his memory is erased, soon learning that they're all trapped in a maze that will require him to join forces with fellow runners for a shot at escape. Basically, they're kind of in this isolated area. They're surrounded by a huge cement concrete maze that yeah. has like monsters and all sorts of dangers in it. And uh, the maze opens up every day and closes every night. Oh, I remember the and trailer for this. And it also changes. This. It changes overnight, too. So, oh, uh, so it's like the Bising of Isaac. Binding of Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so huh. um, it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of good ideas that I wish were explored a little more. But they kind of wrap things up and take it in another direction by the end of the movie. Worth seeing, definitely. Or I, it's it's interesting. I I don't know if I would like necessarily put it on the top of my list, but I think it's worth watching. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another movie called This Is Where I Leave You. I know I watch all these weird in between ones. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this was a major release either. When their father passes away, four grown siblings are forced to return to their childhood home and live under the same roof together for a week, along with their oversharing mother and assortment of spouses, exes, and might-have-beens. This stars Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Jane Fonda, and Adam Driver, who is in the upcoming Star Wars movie. Uh, really great cast. They're all really good in it. Jason Bateman, when he does like this kind of like indie drama yeah. feel movies, just excels at this stuff. Definitely worth watching. Mm. Very character-driven movie that will get you hooked in for sure. I really, really like this one. And the last one on my list is a movie called Two Night Stand. I don't know why I like these kind of movies, but I do. A snowstorm forces two people who made an online connection to unwillingly extend their one-night stand as the blizzard goes through the night. This stars Miles Teller and Annalee Tipton. It's a romantic comedy that has a hook. And I think some of those are more interesting than just kind of the generic romantic comedy. And this was not, again, a, a, a major, major release. I feel like a lot of these almost indie romantic comedies are better because they're not set for the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, the whole story here, like the synopsis says, is that this this girl that recently uh, got dumped or is having trouble getting over her last relationship decides to go on like an online matchmaking type thing meets a guy and she's like i'm just gonna have a one night stand just because i need to do this to get over whatever so she does because you're a whore <laughs> no. because you're a whore that's why so so she does it and uh it ends up that the next morning even though they like they were like hammered and mm -hmm. they're like okay well that was good and it's somewhat awkward and like i'm gonna leave 
well, there's a huge blizzard and she can't go anywhere, wah, which forces wah, wah. them to spend more time together. Yep. So they end up hating each other and then all the up and down and the blah, blah, blah. Over the course of 48 hours. Right, right. 24, really. Right. But it's an interesting, I always feel stuff like that is like kind of a, a social experiment in a way. I'd almost like to see it done in real life. <laughs> but but the fact that it's a scripted movie and everything doesn't make it a pure social experiment, but it is an interesting kind of like what yeah. if scenario. And I, I thought it was uh, quirky in all the right places, and the the leads are both very very charismatic and entertaining. So hmm. really enjoyed that. So we could cut it off right now, but I think you guys were kind of excited to hear about the other thing that we were going to talk about, which was some of the biggest box office flops. Yeah, we of love 2014. Um, this is a list that is on IGN. They give oh. the worldwide gross of these movies yep. compared to their budget. So this is not just domestic gross. This is how much they made overall compared to the what was spent on the movie. World. So China couldn't save him this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. China don't know. China don't know nothing. Draft Day, the Kevin Costner movie about sports. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, sports. That thing. Uh, the, the total budget for this movie was $50 million, and it made $29.7 roughly. So not strong at all. Uh-huh. That's what he gets for making Waterworld. Yeah. <laughs> anyone That's see continued uh, payback? Did anyone else watch Sim City: A Dame to Kill for? No, I no. was it worth seeing. No, no, okay. no, it was not. I love the original, but the original was good. I, I still, and I think I've said it before too. I like the original, but it does feel kind of oddly hollow because it is strictly a word-for-word adaptation, and they're not filling in the parts that a movie yeah. should. Uh, since it a dame to kill for, apparently nobody else really was interested in it either because it cost $90 million to make $90 million, 90 million. It's a heavy, uh, visual effects movie and it only brought in not Black even white. <laughs> <laughs> it brought in not even $40 million. Wow. It bombed that bad, that badly. So I doubt we're going to see another Sin like, that's City. A huge, that's a huge hit. <laughs> it took long enough for them to come out and wow. yeah, 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 there was a huge gap. That, yeah. that was the problem. Yeah. If they had popped that one out almost within a couple of years, they would have seen a different. Absolutely, yeah, but it was at least ten years between. I think. Yeah. Between the first was it two thousand four? Yeah, it was, it was a big span. Yeah. 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 Uh, the the James Brown biopic Get On Up. I expected more people to flock out to, but apparently that didn't happen. Cost fifty five million dollars to make and only brought in thirty two million, roughly. Hmm. So that was another hit. Not as bad as uh, Sin City. No. Hey, who thought I Frankenstein was going to do well? Oh, I think we <laughs> called anybody? that multiple times. And yet it's still fended better than I think most of the other movies on this list so far. It cost $90 million to make. Another same 90 as, million. Same as Sin City, which doesn't seem right to me. I don't know why. Uh, and brought in $71.5 So it still took a hit, but not nearly as bad. That's not good. No. That's really bad. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just that's i mean crazy. from a, just i mean that's a lot of money for a movie studio to lose yeah there's some movie on here that i haven't heard of called the identical and it has a screenshot of elvis presley mm-hmm. i don't know if it was I a biopic or oh something. no i think i think there was something i think i heard about that one and i think it was something along the lines of the person who was laid to rest wasn't actually presley and the Elvis was still, I think that might have been the premise of that. That uh, sounds interesting. Yeah. Clearly not marketed well. No. <laughs> uh, this was a $32 million budget for a worldwide gross of $2.8 million. Ugh. That's almost $29 million. Bye-bye. Terrible. A Nick Cage movie called Left Behind. This was the Rapture movie that he made this year. 
Budget of $27 million, $19.6 million back. Damaging. The Legend of Hercules. I feel like whoever, like somebody robbed the bank on that Sin City movie. It shouldn't have cost that much. <laughs> A Nicolas Cage End of the World movie was $27 million. I thought Sin City would have cost more. And Sin City was $90 million. It's it's not just a black and white movie though. It's... No, I know, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like somebody was just pulling money out of that bank account. It's possible. All those green screens were actually <laughs> just made of money. Yeah, they were literally just money stapled up. The Legend of Hercules, which was a Kellen Lutz starring movie, not the one with The Rock, had a budget of eighty million dollars uh-huh. and brought in fifty seven point six. It was just a bad idea to release the same movie or same titled movie. Absolutely. I didn't even know that came out. You have a huge box office draw headlining one of them. Mm -hmm. Just a dumb move. And then the same year, John Morrison put out another Hercules movie. Direct direct the DVD. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Uh, Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return. This was a CGI movie that Uh, we saw a trailer of. And from the trailer, I was like, this looks so poorly done. I thought it was like a direct to DVD type thing. $85 $85 million budget. What happened here to have a movie look so bad for $85 million? I think that's on Netflix now at this point. Yeah, probably. The worldwide gross, $18.6 million. Ouch. Bam. Who, who put this movie out? Bam. Uh, I do not know. It wasn't Disney. I do not know, but it looks bad. <laughs> Sadly, Men, Women, and Children, one of the movies I just mentioned I really, really liked. But I don't think a lot of people heard about it. Or, you know what? A lot of people probably saw the premise and were like, well, I don't want to know how my technology is ruining me. Yeah. And they were just afraid of the premise to begin with. Total budget of $16 million. Worldwide gross of $1.7 oh, a big hit, too. Huge hit. I highly recommend people see this movie. It is Maybe very, they can make very up for good it on DVD sales. Maybe. Although who's buying? That's the other thing too. Is who's buying stuff anymore? You just watch it on Netflix. Yeah, I, I just don't think people want the mirror. They don't want to see themselves in the mirror and see what the hell they're doing with their lives. That's so bad. So they avoided that one. Pompeii, huge budget on Pompeii. Ooh, that was right. a disaster movie. Hundred and fifteen million dollars. <laughs> wow. Yet still profitable, but I guess this is still considered a bomb. Hundred seventeen point eight million. Yeah. So it made about three million bucks mm-hmm. for a lot of effort. Granted, I'd like to make three three million bucks right. for the same amount of effort, make, but yeah. Uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger starring action film Sabotage, yeah, or Sabotage if you're William Shatner, Sabotage had a total budget of fifty five million dollars yeah. and brought in eighteen. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Me neither. You know why? His hair bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> the haircut was terrible. So apparently, a bad haircut the will cost stand, you about thirty seven million dollars. It will. Yeah. The last stand, he was just the shaved. Last head. stand the, was great. He didn't say. It, which is unfortunate, but we loved ripping on that movie. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I wish that was way more enter- entertaining for us. Than we should have recorded else. that. We really just next time, you, I think you need to always have a mic somewhere just in on, case. Just in case, don't tell me it's on. Just <laughs> let it be on so that it just happens. So it happens naturally. Yeah, yeah. But uh, his hair <laughs> in this in sabotage was terrible. Did you uh, see it, Matt? No, I didn't see sabotage. Do you remember the? Do you remember the hair though? It was like parted oh, from the side, but yeah, it was like I've up. The, and, yeah. It was the weird swap. Arnold's had some great haircuts over the last few years, that's for sure. (laughs) The Johnny Depp uh, sci-fi thriller Transcendence had a budget of $135 million. Wow. That's the biggest one so far. Brought in $103 million. 
So cut him about $32 million on that. I don't even remember that. It was uh, a scientist that is trying to cheat death by, I, I believe, um, achieving the singularity and downloading his consciousness into a machine. Oh, and, now I remember that. Okay. Uh, Vampire Academy. This was another one of those young adult yeah, novels. Really I actually did watch it. It's pretty friggin' awful. <laughs> uh, the total budget is $26 million and brought in $15.6 million. Vampire stuff is not doing well anymore. Uh-uh. I think it's pretty much done with that trend. So while this book might have come out in the height of Twilight popularity, the movie came out just a tad too late. Winter's Tale. This was Colin Farrell and I don't know who else. Uh, looked like a bit of a, I don't know, maybe a period piece. I really don't know a lot about this movie. Mm. <laughs> I'm going based off of one image here. Uh, the total budget was $80 million, and it brought in $27.4 million. Yeah. So huge hit on that as well. So those are some of your biggest flops of 2014 in the box office. Some of those we actually like, but not a lot of them. I still have to watch the James Brown biopic. I'm curious to see how that actually is as a movie, especially when we now know that the lead in that is going to be our Black Panther in the Marvel Universe. So I'm curious to really see him in something because I don't think I have yet. You know, a movie did really poorly, but uh, I actually saw and thought it was a lot of fun was Tusk. I actually, oh, I went yeah. was hashtag good? walrus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I followed it from the podcast initially yeah. and all the way through the process. And it's, it's a reach. It really is. But if you listen to how Kevin Smith talks about it, even to like where he stole the, the Iron Man battle between Jeff Bridges and, and, um, and Tony Stark, <laughs> yeah. you know, where, oh, here he comes in the bigger Iron Man mech. Uh, it's the same thing. Oh, now Michael Parks is in his version of the walrus suit and it's ridiculous. But at the same time, it, it's so ridiculous. It, it's pretty cool that somebody actually had the balls to make a movie like that. Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty much like that. You're looking at the, the straight to DVD, straight to DVD yeah. releases and oh, this one looks absurd. Let me rent it. But Kevin Smith made it and he's going to make two more movies in the series of them. So Yoga Hosers Yoga, is next. And, and Moose, then... I'm looking forward to Moose Jaws. That's going to be terrific. <laughs> really? Which is it's Jaws, but with a moose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So he's not even trying to hide. It's just oh, moose no, totally. Jaws. Yeah, exactly. that's ridiculous. It, it's uh, you know, but there were some really cool performances in them. Uh, uh, Johnny Depp is Johnny Depp is ridiculous in it, but it, it's great. Oh, I didn't realize he, he, he he's not even credited as Johnny Depp, and I forget the name of his character. Yeah. But it's it's like his take on like an Inspector Clouseau. Oh jeez, and it's awesome. It, that's like a highlight of this character. It's, it's, Do you feel in any way that maybe you liked it a little more because of the journey and the oh, like, kind of attachment? Yeah, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. So if I were to watch out of nowhere, it'd probably be. You'd Not be like, really. And I don't even like horror movies. That's the reason I haven't watched right. it. And, you know, when you say, well, what's the director smoking? He's pretty much open to. Yes, I, I yeah. was. smoking. <laughs> so no, but it's just it was it was so absurd that it was it was entertaining. Interesting. Uh, we're going to wrap it up right there. So final thoughts or something you'd like to plug, Mike Volby. Uh, you can go to SBVFitness.com. Get mm-hmm. your protein powder. Free shipping nationwide. I'm out of most of the flavors, though, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go here and buy stuff I don't have. No, I've got a couple flavors in. Okay. I got three out of my six products. And more in. stuff on the way, I'm sure. They're coming. I ordered it all. Just okay. takes time to make. I had to blow through all my in- inventory, so I didn't pay taxes on it by sure, the end of the sure. year. Protein then- peanut butter cups? I like your idea. Mm, easy to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt West. Follow me on Twitter at my... Uh- regretfully old wrestling name mad at mad dog matt storm but i uh push out all of my uh, other projects through there uh my two bands obscurus and long shot voodoo 
uh, as well as I retweet a lot of stuff that I see. So a lot of geek based stuff that I see, I try to retweet out. So try to keep it interesting. To see everything else that we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We appreciate those. Follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter. You can follow on Tumblr at thegeekgeneration.tumblr.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with more stuff for ya. See you then. See ya. Later. Make it so.